first reference I will take you to will be found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I will take you to more than that reference because of the nature of what the Lord has laid on my heart for today's lesson. This thought and content of which has been in my spirit for two months. And I feel the release of the Spirit of God to talk to you today on what to expect if you miss the rapture. I say that with the full knowledge that there will be many, many who will miss the rapture. I don't say that because I take delight in it. I say that because God is doing everything we will let him do. Not that we restrict him, but he gives us a free will, so that's where we come in. He's doing everything he can to keep people from missing the rapture. But millions will. The unfortunate thing about that is that among the millions will be those who thought they were ready. I want to give you this lesson this morning because it is my intent and the prayer objective for this service that none of you miss the rapture. But I also want you to give this this instruction to you because somebody you love, care about, will miss the rapture. They need to know what to expect. If you look at the natural world, the business world and the family world, you will understand that in our everyday life, we are always making if plans. If there is a fire in the house, where do we all run to? If there is a fire, we don't, we don't want it, but if it comes, the fire hydrant or is somewhere where the fire department can come and connect to, but we have a fire extinguisher. If there's a tornado or a storm, what do we expect? Well, we expect the power will be out, probably. So we get batteries. We get a radio that is both AC and DC. Batteries. We, we, we get flashlights. What to expect if a storm. In the school system... The school is required to have fire drills monthly. They're also required, as much as they can, to keep the kids from being anxious, to have certain other codes that when announced on the speaker system, will say to the teachers, this is so-and-so code, whatever. It would let the teachers know that there is an intruder in the vicinity of the campus or even in the campus, so we have to go into lockdown. This is what to expect. Am I I right about this? You probably have a will in the eventuality of your death. Hear me when I tell you, and I'm not trying to play with your mind, that it's not if you die, it's when you die. The only thing that will prevent your death in the near future or mine would be the soon return of Jesus. And I think that's scheduled. 
And you might have prepared a will. And if you got some worthless children, you might tell them what to expect. You might say to them, don't expect to be on my will. The world's making plans for the inevitable. My job description as your shepherd is to get you ready for the inevitable. What happens after the rapture? What do you expect? Uh, Yesterday, the kids were at the house, with the exception of Edward, who is our son-in-law, married to Jennifer, and he had to be away and could not be there. Uh, We're just having a little time together. And prior to them coming in the house, it was the third time that day, yesterday, that I observed our neighbor's dog was unsupervised and looking as if he needed care. It's a uh, large dog. I think it's Irish setter. And beautiful male dog. And he, he, he's not usually in the yard. So I came up after a wedding here yesterday to the house to change to go to another event. And he came to me, but he wouldn't go in the gate. The other side, he wouldn't follow me. I'd ring the doorbell. I walked around. How did this dog escape? Nobody was home. He's at, he's at in-house. Uh, so I, he went back to the front place of the... the covering of the front door of our neighbor's house. and I came back after the second event of yesterday, and there he was again. And he looked alone and needing, and I went to the door, and when I went to the door, he went to the door and beside me and barked. Now, now, let me tell you something. Before I have had Prissy the Poodle, okay, I care less about people's dog. <laughs> Cats or mouse or whatever else pet they got. Because I came from Trinidad, the Caribbean, so did this lady and a few others. And we had more dogs than, than you wanted. Everybody's dog was your dog. Ugly dog, mangy dog. Dogs and cats. and so. I, but after Prissy came, it changed my perspective. Prissy the poodle, she about this high. Took her to the groomer this the, the Friday. My wife said to take her. And they called me at 1.30 when they finished. And they said, your baby is ready. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, Prissy. Prissy is ready. Yeah. When Valerie and the others came in later, this dog, our neighbor's dog, was still unsupervised. We were able to rally him to the back wooden fence, put some dog food and some water. And so we went inside and, and, and somebody asked, Dad, and of course, uh, what, what are you preaching tomorrow? And I don't like to tell my family what I'm preaching for fear that they won't come to church. <laughs> but I risk it. I told them I'm speaking about what to expect if you miss the rapture. And they said this, having just cared for our neighbor's dog. What about our pets? What will happen to our pets when the rapture takes place? Well, again, before Prissy and Pookie, I care less. Y'all do what you want, dogs. But not now. Not Y'all don't mess with Prissy. J.C., Pastor J.C., we can continue that conversation, all of us thinking that God's going to take care of our pets. He was further prompted. He looked up and found a website. It's, it's a website, www.aftertherapturepetcare.com. <laughs> it's there. For a one-time $10 fee. I mean, no, nothing's free. This is what it says on their website. 
This is what will happen for all pets registered with us immediately after the rapture. The first thing is, and I laughed about this, the first thing is, our non-Christian administrators will activate our rescue plan. They are absolutely right, because everybody left behind is not saved. Funny, but somebody going to make money off of... Huh? I want to tell you something. I ain't sending no $10 to nobody for prison. I got my other feelings about Prissy. I think that God's going to take care of her and maybe she'll see me up in glory and, you know, I'm be fine. But, but it, is, it is such a subject that, that some people don't want to think about the future. Are you all with me? But the future is not only here, it's coming still. So I have asked myself through the, through the searching of the Holy Spirit, why study the rapture and the tribulation? We do it to strengthen and sober believers and give them hope. We do it for me to tell you that, that one of the signs of the coming of the Lord Jesus back to the earth is what the Bible says under the authorship of the Apostle Paul. When he says, in the last days there will be scoffers and mockers who mock at the message of the coming of the Lord. And they'll say, where is the promise of the coming of the Lord? He must have changed his mind because uh, many people will say, when I was in Sunday school as a child, now when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult, now I'm an adult, and now I have children, I've heard the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, and he hasn't come yet, maybe he's not coming, maybe he's changed his mind. And the Bible says that will be a sign that the coming of the Lord is near. I'm telling you, the world may be changing their thinking, or secularism, or some denominations may be thinking, changing their thinking about this doctrine, but God hasn't changed his mind. And my job is to reawaken you to the fact that you don't need to get tied up with your house, and your car, and your intellectualism, and your clothing, and your name, and your title, and your kind of agenda alone, because all of those things are going to rust, and they are going to erode and they're going to fade away, only your soul will live forever. I I preach this and study it again because I want to motivate God-rejecting people to turn to Him and repent. I want to motivate people by telling them that you need not live like you have a million tomorrows. The Bible said it's appointed unto men, men, women, and children, once to die, and after that, the judgment. Listen to me, everybody, if Jesus tarries, has an appointment with death. And I'm telling you that I want to say to you that if you've been putting off this decision to give your heart to Jesus Christ, you are living on borrowed grace and time, and it's going to run out. Do you know that there are countries in the world this morning, according to their timeline, it'd be morning for them, or night, depends, Uh, but here's a context of what I say. I want you to understand that there are people in China, in India, other parts of the world who do not have religious freedom like we enjoy in America. And they worship in the underground church. I don't literally mean underground, but some cases it may be. But in the secret church, they have to go through different routes and roads and streets as if they go into a business or go into a family to kind of cause those who might be following them to see if they're going to church and cause them to lose their way. They go to church in some places like that and they tear off 
the pages of the Bible because they only have one Bible and they pass out the pages to each other week after week rotating it because they want the Word of God. And here in America, it collects dust in our coffee table. Don't even come off our shelves. Such is a hunger for the Word of God. Do you know that there are, there are countless people in prison this morning somewhere for preaching the gospel, but they, they, are being, they are being persecuted. And I'm saying to you that God's not going to let that go on and on and on without answering to it. He is going to send His Son back to the earth again. I, I say this, and I like the way it is put to us by Robert Thomas, who is a uh, professor at Master's uh, Seminary in California. He says, God's answer to both questions... Why study the rapture and tribulation? God's answer to those questions is the same. We're studying it because God wants to tell them, meaning us, what is to happen in the future. Can I get an amen? Let me say further. We, South Metro Ministries, are a church that is a church of God congregation. The church of God has been in existence as a denomination for over 120 and more years. Article number 13 of our Declaration of Faith says this. We believe in the premillennial, premillennial second coming of Jesus. We believe that He will come first to resurrect the righteous dead and to catch away the living saints to Him in the air, which is the rapture. We believe, secondly, that He will come to reign on the earth a thousand years. It is the return I'm going to be a teacher if you'll be a student. There are, according to the Scripture, two phases to the second or the return of Jesus. The first will be the rapture. I'll explain in a moment. The second will take place seven years after the rapture. It is called the return. We in the church of God believe in the pre-tribulation Rapture. We believe the Bible teaches that we will not be here on earth when all hell breaks loose. And you listen to me this morning. I don't know. You're thinking, I came here to be motivated and excited and this man choosing to scare me. Listen, I'm choosing to prepare you. And if you, if you make it to heaven, and I hope you will, you'll be glad you took the time to came, come here. If you didn't, you'll be glad you found the CD or the tape to find out what to expect. So I'm saying to you that before, right after the rapture, it could happen today. I'll explain in a moment. Right after after it, the world is going to go into chaos and a man is going to come into power under the power of Satan and the devil himself. He will not come on the scene as a man of sin or a wicked man, but the devil will give him power and kind of make him like a Christ. He will have such power, people will think it is the Christ, but he'll turn out to be the Antichrist. And the world will go into waves and waves of judgment for having disobeyed God. Trumpet judgment, seal judgment, bowl judgment, vile judgments, and you don't want to be here for that tribulation. And Jesus said, we don't have to be. Let me, let me give you some scriptures. You might want to note them. You won't be able to turn to all of them. But it is beginning the way I ask you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. If you're there, say amen. If you prefer, you can look on the screen. Pre-tribulation rapture. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent those which are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But look at verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, please understand that we get the word, the English word rapture from the Latin word raptuo. The New Testament was given to us in Koine Greek. The Greek word for rapture is the word hapazo. It means seized. You see the underlying two words in verse 17, caught up? That's, that's where we get the word. We, we seize. Uh, it means that we'll be plucked or pulled up. Uh, uh, forcibly snatched away. Oh, my, my. I hadn't heard this one before, but I know it because I like it. It's harpooned out of here. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. You see, what, what I want you to understand is the rapture is God's merciful deliverance of those who trust in Jesus Christ. And the rapture is God saving us from the grief and the judgments and the hell on earth that will take place during the seven years after the rapture. But, but there is more. I, I want you to get this, if you will. Uh, uh, oh, my, 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 help me. You know, there's so many things I've got to process here. I know that there are people saying and thinking, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. Therefore, there must not be a rapture. Do you also know that the word Bible is not even in the Bible, but I am holding one and just read one? The concept, the principle is there. The word is just a fit. Okay? So, so don't, don't haggle with words if the truth is there and risk getting left behind. Uh, under this thing about, about the rapture and why pre-tribulation, let, let me say to you that, that I don't have time to teach it all, but I have notes I can give you later. There are at least three reasons why we believe that the church is not going to go through the tribulation to save people. The first reason, it won't be on the screen, is because of the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll give you that in just a moment. Jesus promised that we would escape the wrath to come. The second reason why you and I are not going to go through the tribulation is because the Bible talks about the, the chronology of events concerning the coming of the Lord and what will take place in the last days. And you will find those references in, in Revelations 19. The chronology of events speaks to us about a pre-tribulation rapture. The third reason why there will be a pre-tribulation rapture is because of the promise of preservation. God said about the church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God says everybody who is saved, whether you're a member of the church or not, you are part of the church of the called out ones. And God says he is going to preserve his children. Can I get a witness here, somebody? From the wicked one and the evil one. Now, now, now let, me, let me show you this about, about why we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. You see, in Revelations 19, the Bible says... That, that the Lord is going to come back to earth seven years after the rapture. The Lord is coming back to earth and he is going to come with the armies of heaven. Meaning you and I, we're coming back with the Lord. He is going, because the Bible talks in Revelations 19 about 
a marriage supper of the Lamb where the saints are going to be with the Lord for seven years. After the rapture, we are going to be with the Lord seven years in heaven as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And God's going to be taking care of business with us. Now, in order for us to come back with Him seven years later, we got to have left before. Can I get a witness? Isn't that pretty simple, but it's true. Now, let me tell you something else. The Bible talks about the armies of heaven coming back uh, with the Lord. Again, Revelations 19. And so somebody got to leave before they can come back. Give me another amen, somebody. And, and you know, when it talks about the armies of heaven, you and I are going to come with the Lord. And when he comes at the second phase of his coming, the return, he is coming as King of kings and Lord of lords and the conquering Messiah. Now, he's going to come and by the word of his mouth, he's going to destroy the Antichrist and the false prophet and all those who are enemies of God. So if you're thinking, I'm coming with the armies of God and I don't even know how to shoot a rifle. My God, how am I going to make it? Is God going to give me a hand grenade? Is he going to give me a, a, a machine gun? No. You ain't got to learn how to fight. You ain't got to learn to do nothing. You're going to ride behind or walk behind or march behind the, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords as we descend through the clouds and you won't lift a sword. You won't lift a spear. God, the Son of God, Jesus, by the word of his mouth, which is a sharp two-edged sword, will bring to nothing the kingdom of the Antichrist and the devil himself. Aren't you glad you're going to be in that number? If you are, give the Lord some praise. Mm-hmm. You know what? I said I wasn't going to get that happy that soon, and here I am. Look, look again. Why, Pastor, do you believe in a true tribulation rapture? Because the Bible says in Matthew 24, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Let me show you something else. Same Matthew 24. Therefore be ye also ready in such an hour as you think not. The Son of Man is coming. Can I get a amen, somebody? I, I, I need to show you here so that you know that I don't just make this up. His coming is going to be secretive in the sense that at his rapture, he's not coming back to touch the earth, okay? So every eye shall not behold him just then. Only those who are saved, born again, are going to caught up in the cloud. And it's going to be secretive in one sense that way, but it needn't be secretive to you because you've been given a lot of time to get ready. Ever since the cross, can I get an amen by faith? Ever since the cross 2,000 years ago, we have been in the age of the church. If you had a timeline, and I'll show you one in a minute... This is the cross. Uh, We've been going to 20 centuries, and this has been the age of the church. The age of the church where the gospel is preached, where prophets have preached, where where, where people have preached, where churches, where people have gone all over the world. Get ready. Get ready. Jesus is coming. He's coming. He hasn't told you the day or the hour, but he's coming. Get ready. And for 2,000 years it's been preached. And once the rapture takes place, the age of the church will end. But God will have just reason to say, I gave you enough time. I, 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 need, I need to move on here and show you something else, please. As, as I think about further evidence, let, let me move you to this particular passage in Second Thessalonians 2, 6 through 8. But I want to read from the contemporary English version about pre-tribulation rapture. Look on the screen. I'll read it that way. You already know what is holding this wicked one back. It is the restraining power of the Holy Spirit in the church until it's time for him, the Antichrist, to come. Pause. Let me explain. The wicked one is another name for the Antichrist, the man of sin, who after the rapture will come into power. He will have so much power, the devil will give him power. 
And again, I say this to you, that the world will think he's the real Christ. And there's only, there's only one thing keeping this world from going stock raising crazy today. There's only one reason why there's not more rapes, more murders, more violence, why more terrorists hadn't killed more people, more greed. is because this is the age of the church and the Holy Spirit is, is restraining the evil one and further evil. Don't you think it's your government? I'm for government. Don't you think it's your police department? I'm for police department. Don't want to, to have a community without them because people are mean and we need to be protected. It is not your tax dollars. It's not your government. It's not your home alarm system. It's not our ingenuity. The only reason that the devil hasn't attacked you worse and try to kill you is because the Holy Spirit says, That's my called out one. They are saved. They are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. It's because some, the only reason why you're still living by grace if you're not saved is because your mama or your daddy or your wife or your husband praying for you. You are not so slick and so sharp and so cunning that you're getting by on your ingenuity. You ought to thank God if you're not saved and not dead because somebody has allowed the Holy Spirit to think about you. And if you're glad that you are saved, go ahead and praise the Lord. Yeah. Listen to this. His mysterious power, meaning the mysterious power of the Antichrist is already at work, but someone's holding him back. It's called the Holy Ghost. And the wicked one won't appear until someone is out of the way. When this church is gone and the saints are gone out of this world, the Holy Spirit's gone. And you, that's why there's going to be hell on earth. The rapture. Then he will appear, the Antichrist. But the, oh, I like this part of this verse. But the Lord Jesus will kill him simply by breathing on him. That's why I'm telling you, you ain't going to need no weapons. He will completely destroy the Antichrist and his cohorts by the glorious return of the Lord. That is at the return, the second phase of the rapture. Let, let me give you a couple of more things here very quickly. Let me show you Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, about God's word regarding the tribulation. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, Jesus and his disciples, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, Jesus. When shall these things, meaning the destruction of the city of Jerusalem that you've prophesied, when shall it come? And what shall be the sign, the sign to the people of God, Israel? What shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? He's t speaking here now as he addresses this, the rapture and the return. I, I point to you in verse 21, Jesus said, For then shall be great tribulation. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. Please, I need to hasten and show you some more prophecy very quickly for your knowledge. You know what I'm doing here? You need to leave your notes somewhere for somebody to get left behind. Can I, can I get a witness? Somebody go come looking. Didn't grandma say something? Didn't my husband? Didn't my wife? Didn't they take some notes in their Bible? I sure as I'm standing here. People are going to go looking. And you don't need to come to my house and ring my doorbell. Because me and Prissy and Valerie, we're going to be gone. You don't need to come to his house. I've got a couple of other staff members that may go to their house, can't they? No, just, just kidding. Because this is preparation time. You, you, need to, you need to remember this, that it may be falling on your deaf ear now, but it will come back if you are left behind. Look at what the Bible says. And then shall that wicked, meaning the wicked one, the Antichrist, he shall be revealed. 
whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him, the man of sin, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. I'm not making this up. There's more. Look, look, look at Second Thessalonians 2 and 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe a lie. You see, the Holy Spirit's going to be gone, and the Antichrist going to say he's God, and they're going to be deluded because the Spirit's gone. And the devil works. The 12th verse says, Then that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. You don't want to miss the rapture. And you don't have to miss the rapture. You don't have to be here for the tribulation. Because God's made a promise to you and to me. In John 14, 1 and 3, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Somebody say amen. amen. Let not your heart be troubled. I ain't about to buy me canned goods and load up a rifle and go find a hole in the mountain of Montana and wait for the rapture. I'll wait for the Antichrist. I, I, ain't, I ain't going to be here. You understand? Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, in my Father's house in heaven, there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Phase one of his return. I will come again in the rapture and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Somebody say amen. You see, the rapture is not the final consummation of everything. It's phase one of what God's going to do as he sends his son back. Let me show you God's promise to us to keep us from tribulation. If you're still with me, say amen. Revelations 3 and 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell on the earth. Let me show you something else. First Thessalonians 1 and 10. Wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, will deliver his children from the wrath to come. I'll give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. I'm not about to lose sleep over the Antichrist, but I want to get people ready. I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, here's another promise of the Lord, Romans 5 and 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We ain't going through the tribulation. Let me show you something else. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 2 verses beyond 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Say amen. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, hallelujah, we shall live together with him because of the rapture. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also as you do soon and very soon. Gravity is going to lose its hold on us. And the the trumpet of God is going to sound. And in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, we shall be snatched up, caught up, and we will be with the Lord forever. If you're planning to go, give the Lord some praise. Yes, give the Lord some praise. 
My, my, my. I feel airborne right now. Let me show you a timeline. It's going to go fast, but let me show it to you. From the cross to now, we've been in the age of the church, 2,000 years. We're waiting for the rapture. It's the first of the two-part return of the Lord. From the rapture, which is the first, to the return, which is the second, there's seven years. In between those rapture and return events, it'll be the time of tribulation, great tribulation. The church, the saved, will have gone up to heaven with the Lord. I told you that. And then this world will go into waves and waves of judgments and wickedness and sin like unto it's never seen. God's going to use the seven years between the rapture and the return of Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords to deal with Israel. And to bring Israel into conformity of the knowledge of who the real Messiah is, not the Antichrist. You see, the return of the Lord, oh help me Jesus, is a scheduled event. We know about that. It's going to happen seven years after the rapture. But the rapture that I'm talking about now, nobody knows. So if somebody writes a book and says 2010 reasons why the rapture is going to take place in 2010, trash it. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Only the Father. We know about signs. Let me tell you something. You know, we're already living in a time when the signs of the return of the Lord is evident. I'm not talking about the rapture. There's no more signs to be filled there. No more signs. If we're living in a day and time when there's signs of the return, you must understand we're living on borrowed time. You don't want to miss the rapture. Let me give you a comparison. It'll be very quick, but it'll give you a nutshell. I want to show you what takes place at the rapture and how it compares to what takes place at the return. And I want you to see and understand that God has a plan. And God wants to include you. And if you're already included, he wants to get you to include some others you love. You see, the rapture is the time when Jesus will come for his own. How many of you belong to him and you're glad? Say amen. Say amen. When he returns seven years later, he's coming with his own. We're coming back with him to rule and reign for a thousand years in a millennium. The rapture means that Jesus will come in the air. In the clouds. NBC, ABC, and CBS don't have cameras with lenses that could capture how fast that'll happen. Because in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that's mighty fast. Blink at me. Yeah, you're all flirting with me. I said, blink at me. (laughs) That's how fast. And then it's so fast, the graves are going to empty. I mean, I don't even think they're going to be disturbed. Because we're going to get glorified bodies. You remember how Jesus came to the disciples after the resurrection and they weren't sure that he was alive and he didn't open the door and walk in. He just walked through the wall. Scotty. Or Kirk, the Enterprise. This is Kirk, the Enterprise. Beam me up, Scotty. Y'all know the Star Trek. They got an idea going. They can't do that now, but if they could, I'd be beaming some folks elsewhere. But anyhow, they can't do that right now. You'd be beaming me. But Jesus is not only going to come in the air at the rapture, but when he returns, he's coming back to earth. Uh, hurry, I need to hurry. He's coming for his bride. We are his bride. To save. When the rapture takes place, could be on 10-10-10, which is today. We are his bride. When he comes seven years after, after we've been to heaven and he's prepared us, he's coming with his bride. 
The rapture involves only those who are ready and saved will see him. But when Jesus comes at the return with the conquering armies of heaven as king of kings and lord of lords, the Bible says, every eye shall see him. After the rapture, moments after the rapture, the clock begins and the tribulation begins. After the return of the Lord, the millennium, the thousand years of peace begins. When the rapture takes place, everybody born again is saved from the wrath to come by way of the Antichrist and the judgments. When Jesus returns and people continue to have rejected God for the last seven years, they will face the wrath as well as the Antichrist and his cohorts. At the rapture, the indication and signs necessary for the rapture doesn't exist. He's coming at any moment. There are signs, however, that will precede the return of the Lord. And some of those are already taking place. When the rapture takes place, the Lord and the church is going to be united. Can I get an amen? When the Lord returns seven years later, Israel is not going to understand who their Messiah is, and God's going to start His kingdom. When the rapture takes place and we are gone, after some weeks and days and, and, and maybe months, uh, a suave, a debonair, charismatic, smooth-talking man is going to rise to power and explain away the rapture. And the world's going to be deceived. He's even going to suffer a potentially mortal wound, head wound, we think, wound. And they're going to think he's dead, and, it, and he's going to come back to life. And they're going to say, isn't that what Jesus said about Jesus? He come. Deception. At the return of the Lord, seven years from the rapture, Satan's going to be bound a thousand years. No more devil, no more demons, no more imps, no more temptation, no more lust. That's only the start. As I grew up, I, 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 was, I heard these messages. Some of you have heard them. And artists would give us renditions, and these are not very clear to you because, of course, they're small in size, and you're over there in the pew and can't see them well. But what this is a depiction of the rapture. People are going to come out of graves, lakes, mountains where they died. People are going to come out of... Let me tell you something. If you're flying, you ought to always be prayed up, and you ought to pray that your captain's prayed up. Can I get a witness? Because if you're saved and your captain ain't saved, that plane... It's crashing. If you're saved and your captain's saved, that plane is still crashing. And I say that kind of lightheartedly, but it is the truth. Boats are going to be left vacant. Ships, cruise ships, cars, automobiles are going to wreck all over the highway. Not enough wreckers and police to manage the traffic because the redeemed will have been singing and driving or thinking about Jesus. We're gone. We're, we're, we're gone. We're gone. Ooh, I feel like whoop glory. I can't, I can't hardly wait. Because I really don't have another reason. I love my wife, love my family, love you. But the older I get, the less attached I get to this world. It's not my home. I'm just passing on through. And folks are going to be amazed when they're left behind. That they give so much time to things that rust, corrupt, and fade. And now they're left behind. They're coming out of surgery. Doctors doing surgery will be raptured and the patient will be left there. That's, that's from everywhere, every place. And I need to hurry, but l listen to me. That's the, picture of, that, that's the picture of the rapture. The picture of the return of the Lord is, is 
the Lord Jesus coming on a, a stallion. He is coming as the conquering King of kings and Lord of lords. Every eye shall behold him. Every, when he returns to fight the battle of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo, leading the armies of the world, there will be a 200 million man army coming to fight with the Antichrist against Jesus and his armies. And then you won't need CBS, NBC, or ABC to cover that. Because every eye shall behold him. Can I get an amen, somebody? And let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you. Once the rapture takes place, the Bible says in Matthew 24 and 21, and I'm hurrying. For then there shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of time to this time, nor ever shall be. Let, let, let me tell you something about the tribulation very quickly. Okay? You don't want to be here. Okay? This is why you want to make the rapture. Because the world is going to face its worst destruction than ever in its history. In the year 70 A.D., the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. As Jesus prophesied, the temple would be destroyed. He didn't tell them the year or the time. And on that occasion, the city of Jerusalem and its surrounding areas, one million people were killed. Perhaps the world had never known devastation until that time of that proportion. History tells us that in the year 1338... 1338 A.D., 9 million people died of the Black Plague or the Bubonic Plague. History tells us that in World War II, 20 million people died as a result of World War I. Pardon me. The world had never known that scale of devastation in such a short a time. And it was anguishing. Further is that World War II produced 48 million dead people as a result of the war. Six million of which were Jews in the Holocaust and four million of which were Christians. As a result of the wars throughout history, ages past, multiple millions have died. But that's not to be compared with the realities of the tribulation. Let me hurry and tell you that the Bible says that in the tribulation over half the world's population will die. One out of every two people will die in that seven year period. Let me further show you that if that began today in the world, we are told that there are 6.7 billion people in the world. 3.35 billion will die. That's 11 times more the population of the United States of America. In Germany during World War II, Hitler saw to it that 1.2 million. Jews died at Auschwitz in Germany, a concentration camp for the Jews. That was a terrible reality, 1.2 million. But the reality of the tribulation is comparable. Let me show you what I mean. At Auschwitz, 1,000 people died a day. In the tribulation, 2,500 times that will die every day. In other words, in the tribulation, 2.5 million people will die every day for 42 months. You don't want to be here. One out of two is not a good chance of survival. The number of people who die daily in Auschwitz will die every 30 seconds in the tribulation. You do not want to be here. I want to tell you the facts are clear. We are, brothers and sisters, near to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How might I point that out to you? I will point it out by telling you the magnitude of the tribulation and its slaughter is described in Revelation 6 through 9 and other places. Such a slaughter the world has never seen before. The Bible says that one half of the 
the world population will die. But it says one quarter will die at the seal judgments in Revelation. One third of the world population will die at the, at the trumpet judgments we read about in Revelations. Such carnage and killing was not possible in such mass volumes until the development of nuclear weapons in 1945. And until the development of intercontinental missiles that carry nuclear warheads in 1960. I'm saying to you that we are near the coming of the Lord because we now have the technology. We have now the nation that have nuclear weapons have enough nuclear weapons to destroy the whole world. We are near to the coming of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Let me give you a little more fact here about what's going to happen, what you can expect. The Bible says there will be a 200 million man army that will meet Jesus and his forces in the valley of Megiddo. In the Middle East, a valley that I saw for myself on my one and only trip to Israel, and some of you have been there. It is 200 miles long. Napoleon Bonaparte, in his conquering the known world at the time that he was emperor, said there's not been a more perfect battlefield in all of his conquering experiences than the battlefield that he saw at Megiddo. It is there, the Bible says, that the battle of Armageddon will take place. Where the devastation and the killing of humanity will be of such proportion, a 200 million man army from the north. Do you know China and its population is presently equipped to manage a 200 million man army? It's already there. When Revelation was written, the world's population was 200 million. And it took 1,650 years for the world population to double. Since the 20th century and during the 20th century, the world's population has even doubled significantly or multiplied until there's almost 7 billion. I'm saying to you that we are close to the coming of the Lord. And you don't need to be thinking about when. Now is the when. Somebody ought to say amen. I'm, I'm trying to hurry here. Here's another reason why I know that the stage is set for the rapture. The Bible says that after the rapture, during the first three and a half years... God is going to allow two of the prophets of the Old Testament to come on the scene for the worldview. And during the tribulation, isn't God merciful? He's going to preach grace. It won't be easy to get saved. And if you get saved in the tribulation, you will not be able to buy groceries and buy gasoline and have food unless you take the mark of the beast. But if you take the mark of the beast, you're doomed. You're doomed. Don't take the mark. If you're left behind, do not take the mark of the beast. Please hear me. If you're left behind, I don't care if they put it in a chip in your hand or a little thing on your forehead under your skin. If you take the mark of the beast, you have signed your doom for eternity. You will never be saved if you take the mark of the beast. But if you get saved, you're going to have to run and hide and find refuge and trust God. But if you die for the Lord during the tribulation, if you have to die by the shedding of your blood, then you, my friend, have the hope of heaven. I trust you will avoid all that and get saved now. You know why I'm so passionate? It's because it's so true. These two witnesses, they are going to preach the gospel in the, in the Middle East. And they're going to do miracles and wonders. And the Antichrist is going to hate them. And the Jesus haters are going to hate them. And they're going to try to kill them, but they won't be able to kill them until God allows them. These two witnesses are going to be able to call fire down from heaven like Elijah did and burn up the enemies if they try to kill them prematurely. But at the close of the first three and a half years of the tribulation, God's going to let them die. 
and he's going to let their bodies be laying on the streets of Jerusalem and the city of God. And the whole world, via satellite television, will carry it live. And the whole world will throw parties. They'll give gifts. They'll have drunken orgies. Because these two preachers that we couldn't get rid of for the last three and a half years, we finally killed. They're dead. Look at their bodies. And the cameras for three days are going to be on these prophets while they die. And the dogs lick their blood. And the flies and the gnats come over their body. And folks are going to come by and kick them and spit on them and say, that's what you deserve. But after three days, God. God is going to mysteriously raise them up. And the cameras all over the world are going to see these two men get up, put on their outer garment, shake themselves. And then they're going to be snatched out before the eyes of ABC, NBC, Fox News, and CNN. They're going to think their jaws are going to drop. And these men are going to be caught up. And we know we are living in the day and time when that's possible. Yeah, yeah, you better be ready. Well... Let me say this to you. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene. I will tell you about him next week. I will tell you what to do next week. I will. Today I'm talking about what to expect. Next week I'm going to tell you what to do if you miss the rapture. But the Antichrist, in Revelation 13, give me just a few more moments. The Antichrist is going to have a cohort, a partner in crime. He's going to be called... The false prophet. Going to be like totally the vice president. Uh, no, I don't mean Mr. Biden. <laughs> you know, like we have a president of Africa, we have an antichrist and an assistant antichrist. He's going to be the go-to man for the antichrist. He's going to make an image of the antichrist to make him God. You know, technology is already available to take things like metal, rubber, other kinds of substance and make it lifelike with mechanization. The Antichrist is going to control all food, all buying, all selling with the mark. 666 will be included in the mark, if not only the mark. Now, that wasn't possible before. We didn't have the technology. Could you and would you, Thomas, please, sir, could you take me to that slide that we did in the first service with the pictures of the little tube and the little mark? Do, do, you, know, do you know that the device is already there, technology? You folks know what I'm talking about. We've got computer savvy people here and people who work with computers company. Dogs. Some people who have the funds and they want to monitor their prissy and their pookie and their whatever else. Do you know that elderly people are admonished to, and not even elderly people, regular, to put your vital statistics in this little chip? It's going to be introduced as Convenience. The Antichrist, I had a depiction a moment ago. He won't come on the scene with real horns. I mean, because we all know him. I have horns. I'm the Antichrist. I'm here to kill you. No, 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 no. Savvy. Charismatic. For the first time, Israel and the Palestinians are going to have peace. For the first time. They're going to, they're going to coexist. Israel's going to say, that's our man. That's the Messiah. He's going to build Israel a temple, just like Solomon's temple. They're going to offer sacrifice as Judaism practiced. And he's going to give, the Antichrist is going to give him a lot of time and room. And one day he's going to show up in their temple and offer a pig on their altar, which is unholy and unsacred, and going to curse the Jews and start killing them worse than Hitler. 
then they're going to know this is not the Christ. I have on the screen, listen to me, whatever you do, no matter how they do it technologically, do not take the mark of the beast. Because if you do, you will be a sure candidate for hell. So, Thomas, the slide that says, what should you do, number one? What should you do? And I'm closing quickly. If the rapture takes place, run to a place where you can get on your knees or fall on your knees and repent. Because you're not saved, that's why you got left behind. That's it. No saved person. There are going to be people who pretend they are. But immediately upon the confirmation... And don't you wait for the world to explain it because they're going to lie to you. They're scared half to death anyhow. And they don't, they don't want to make that admission that rapture took place because they're going to go to hell too. So don't, don't expect the news people to commentate and tell you what to do. Repent, repent immediately. Run to a church. It'll be crowded. Y'all, did you hear me? The churches will be filled. Filled. It's like it almost was on 9-11. It's amazing how revival took place for two or three Sundays after 9-11. Then things kind of got... You're going to hear my voice. But I hope it will be a sweet voice to you. Repent. Next slide, please, sir. Confess your sins. Believe Jesus is the Son of God and die for your sins. I don't care if you've got a boyfriend or girlfriend or, or some mama or dad or some husband or wife who won't go with you and, and pray to repent. Leave them alone. For God's sake, they might have helped you, drag you to where you missed the rapture. Don't let them drag you through the tribulation without the covering of the blood of Jesus when it's available. It won't be easy, but you're going to need it. Next slide, please, sir. Confess that Jesus is your Savior. Receive Him in your heart and start getting ready because all hell is going to break loose. But God, it will be. Let me tell you something. You think it's hard to serve Jesus now? You've got all this. God help me. You'd be, you'd be surprised at the lame excuses I get for why people don't come to church, can't serve God. You'd be surprised. You, you, you cannot convince me. That everybody who says they love Jesus and they're a Christian is a Christian. Not according to this Bible, but the Bible says about the fruit we bear. It's amazing how we got back problems when we got to come to sit in church for an hour and a half and no back problem when we got to go in an overtime football game or basketball game or Braves game in a stadium where the sun is shining. But we okay. I'm telling you the gospel truth. I cannot, I cannot be. You'd be surprised the lame excuses people give me as to why they can't come to church, can't serve God, can't serve in the ministry. Let me tell you something. When, when somebody misses the rapture, it won't be Pastor Alan Matura to give them no excuses for, okay? The Lord will say, sorry, I never knew you. The, you see, good intentions does not equal good actions. Can I, can I get an email here? I hope I said that right. Just because you have good intentions doesn't mean you've done it. I'm trying to tell you. And, if, 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 and you can, you know, the devil will mess with your mind and make you think I'm using cheap psychology. Listen to me. Listen to me. I do not plan to be here. I have no plans to be here whatsoever. I hope you're planning the same. Next slide, please. I'm trying to tell you in Jesus' name, if you're lukewarm, if you're indifferent, if you're... And I know I'm going a little later, but please indulge me. You indulge overtime sports, indulge your pastor for a moment. You're, you're not going to starve and die if you don't get to lunch right away. 
But there are careless Christians. Some of your sons and daughters have backslidden, sir and ma'am, and you don't want to hurt their feelings, and you're not telling them what you ought to tell them. Some of your grandsons and granddaughters, they are missing heaven, and they're going to miss the rapture, and you're going to be out of here, and they're going to be left behind. And the fact of the matter is, you won't even have that consciousness, because there'll be not kind, that kind of suffering heaven. You won't know it. So what I'm saying to you, while some of your sons and your daughters and your grandsons and your granddaughters and other people you love who are chasing after the world and the flesh and the devil, I'm here to tell you, whatever you do, do not think you're ready. Do not hope you're ready. Be sure that your name is in the book of life and you are out of here. Give me the last slide, please, sir. Please, avoid getting left behind. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just standing between the living and the dead. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm just going to close with this. If you could get saved in your pew right now, would you? If you knew you wasn't ready, and the rapture took place on 10, 10, 10, that is today. Maybe I'll say another 10. 10, 10, 10. 10 day, 10 month, 10 year, 10 o'clock tonight. Would you be left behind? And would you need these sermon notes? Because you'll wish you were not. If you could get saved in the pew, would you? Pastor Matura, I don't understand all about that. But I understand that that's God's word that I heard today. And I'm not willing to risk my soul to the devil. The Antichrist and judgments. I want to be saved. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you while you're seated. You know you're not ready. But you say, bless God, I've given given another chance and I will be ready. I want to be saved. Raise your hands. Good, good, good. Hold it up. Hold it up higher. Only me and you looking here. This is not on camera. Hold it up for a moment. I want to count the hands because it represents an eternal soul. Hold it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Put it down. Fifteen. Put it down. Put it down. Nobody look at Nobody. I am as serious as I've ever been in my life because of your soul. If you didn't raise your hands and you said, I wish I did, I'd give you ten seconds. Don't raise it if you already raised it. But if you didn't raise it a moment ago and you want to raise it now, do it in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. I see one more hand. Is it? Stand with me, please. Would you please stand with me? Oh, my, 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 my. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a happy preacher today. Not because I relish anybody going to hell, but because there were 25 people in the first service that raised their hands and about 15 or more raised your hands in this service. There is about 40 people that are no longer going to hell. There's 40 people who God wrote their name right now this morning. But I hadn't had the sinners pray yet, so there's still 25, 15 more remains. Bow your heads. This is going to be the sinner's prayer. And if you're saved, pray it with them to encourage them, and it won't hurt to be double sure. Okay? Everybody in the house, not sheepishly or shyishly, but out loud, say these words after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for one more chance to get it right. I deserve to die. I deserve the punishment of hell. But because you paid the price for my sins, I'm not going to hell. 
today, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord, that you are the only begotten Son of God, that you died in my place, and by faith, I accept you as my Savior. I confess that I have sinned, but now I believe with my heart and mind and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. Starting today, I will be ready and always ready. And Lord, I know today that the devil is real and he will try to discourage me. But fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me power over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Thank you for saving me. I believe I'm saved. I know I'm saved. And I'm on my way to heaven. Amen and amen. Go ahead, give it some praise. Everybody, come on, 15 seconds.